Welcome to the Gospel Changes Everything podcast, where together we'll explore how Jesus transforms us every day. Hey gang, and welcome to the podcast. Today I want to make sure that you are aware of a great resource that I've created just for you, and it's called the Gospel-Centered Bible Study. The Gospel-Centered Bible Study is a course that you can go through on your own, online, and understand how to read, study, and interpret the Bible the way Jesus wants you to. Too often when we read and study the Bible, we go straight from text to application, and God wants us to get more out of it. He wants us to see that Jesus and his gospel of good news to us is the central figure and theme of every passage of Scripture. So if you want to find out more about the Gospel-Centered Bible Study course, just go to gospelcenteredbiblestudy.com. That's gospelcenteredbiblestudy.com. Now let's jump into the podcast. There are two specific men that come to my mind when I think about people who always seem to have an upbeat, positive attitude. But not just in a sense of, don't worry, be happy. But it's a much deeper sense of trust and faith in Christ that I believe drives their joy. One was my former regional director in Young Life, Pat Goodman. For those of you who have had the privilege of being around him, you know what I'm talking about. He just emits a sense of encouragement, hope, and inspiration. The other friend is a huge personality. When he walks into a room, he immediately puts a smile on everyone's face. He loves to have fun, but he has a deep abiding faith that brings focus and clarity to the conversations you have with him. His name is Robert Hayward, and he was simply a man who mentored me while I was in my first years of ministry with Young Life. To give you a sense of who he is, I'll share two quick stories. First, Robert loves books. He says it's his main vice. When you go into his office, the walls are lined with bookshelves. I went over to a bookshelf one time, picked out a book to look at, and there was another book behind it. His bookshelves went at least too deep. So when his wife showed up one day at my house telling me that Robert was getting rid of some of his duplicate books, I was not surprised. But she said the box was heavy and asked if I could come out and get it out of her car. So as I walked out to her car, I was ambushed by Robert and his five children with water cannons. This was one of the many shenanigans that Robert was known for. The other story involved me having some significant leadership struggles. So again, Robert shows up at my house with his whiteboard and markers and begins to teach me about godly biblical leadership. Both of these men love me well, and for that, I am forever grateful. Unfortunately, I moved back to Richmond, Virginia several years ago, and I'm no longer physically present with these men. Some days I wonder what it would be like to be around them all day, every day. I'm sure that my life would be radically different, and I would have a deeper faith myself. All this came to my mind the other day when I was reading in John 13. If you remember, John 13 is the beginning of the end for Jesus. The Apostle John spends nine chapters of his gospel talking about the last week of Jesus' life. And specifically, in John 13, verses 31 to 35, Jesus is telling his disciples that he would no longer be physically present with them. Later in the gospel, Jesus will reiterate this and let them know that while he will not be physically present, he will be spiritually present because they would receive his Holy Spirit. I'm sure that the disciples would much rather have had Jesus physically present than just have 
the Holy Spirit. I mean, they could talk to him and ask him questions. They could learn from him and how he treated and loved others. They would hear his voice, his laugh, and be inspired by his faith. But Jesus knew that his mission on earth was about to be accomplished and that he would not really leave them because the Holy Spirit would come and be their counselor 24-7. Actually, the Holy Spirit would come to live and dwell in their hearts. This would be better for the disciples, even though they didn't realize it yet. But the message that Jesus gives them in John 13, 34, and 35 was the linchpin for them to know what they were supposed to do once Jesus was not physically present. Here's what it says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. When Jesus was physically present with the disciples, he loved them deeply. Jesus lived out his faith through his love for others. He loved them well, and he taught them how to love others well. And so now that Jesus is not physically present with them, he is giving them the best strategy to live a life to the glory of God. This strategy of loving others would display God's love to a hurting world. This love would attract others to the good news of Jesus. Now, I'm bummed that I can't be around Pat and Robert on a daily basis. But their spirit of joy and encouragement continued to inspire me. And now I have something far better. I have the Holy Spirit who lives in me to counsel, comfort, strengthen, encourage, and inspire me all day, every day. I pray that you will learn from the godly people who are physically present in your life, but that you will also know that you have something far better. You have the Spirit of Christ living in you, and He will never move away from you. He will never fail you. He will always have a word of encouragement for you. He will constantly be at your side to love you and empower you to love others for the glory of His kingdom. That is the good news of the gospel, and we all know it's the gospel that changes everything.